this to make it 28 to 3. Arthur Blank loving it. Up by 25. Toss to White. Man, that's a good intro. All right. If you're listening to this, you were listening to the very first 28 to 3 podcast it's on 328. I'm Corey. You're here with Max and Nick. Let's get into it. Derek Carr, biggest free agency signing we got so far. What do you think, Max? You know, Nick and I have been talking about Carr for years. He's been a big advocate for him. Um, you know, I, I love the signing. I think it's we finally have a quarterback after last year watching Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle. You know, just can't watch that anymore. I need an actual NFL starting quarterback who can win us a game when it needs to be won. Yeah, and like Max said, uh, we've talked about this for years. When when Drew Brees retired, the first person I told Max I thought we should sign is Derek Carr. Um, The reason being is his style of play, I felt, matched up with the Peyton-style offense. He's extremely accurate. He's great in the short game. He can throw the deep ball for the shock play. It's a, a young Drew Brees type of quarterback. Um, obviously, trying to compare him to somebody like that is impossible, but the guy has the same type of skill set as Drew did when he came over here, and I felt he fit great into our offense. He kind of took the words out of my mouth there. I mean, that's a big comparison. A Huge. type of Drew Brees kind of quarterback. I mean, I know he was going through some shit in Las Vegas last year, but I mean, are we not a little bit worried about last year with, with Derek Carr? I'm not. It was a new system. Josh McDaniels, I don't think he really gelled with the system as well. And, uh, you know, he, he needs to be somewhere like New Orleans. We've got some good weapons. We've got, uh, we got Rashid Shaheed. We've got Chris Olave. We've got Michael Thomas back. You know, this team is set up. I mean, he's got better weapons than Breeze had for the last couple of years. You know, Sean Payton always took the, uh, the opposite approach. We always used to say we need to flood Breeze with as many weapons as possible the older he gets. Peyton did the opposite of that. You know, the wide receivers that we saw the last, not this past season, but the season before when we were trotting out Marquez Callaway as our number one (laughs) receiver, I mean, that's unacceptable. I was going to say, it's not so much of a Derek Carr take, but last year was probably one of the first drafts in a long time where I saw us draft for need, but a need that made sense. Whereas we didn't draft a million draft picks to go up and get Marcus Davenport or Peyton Turner. The best looking dude on the board who was in a position of need was Chris Olave. We drafted Chris Olave. But we, yeah, we, no, we know, did give up a lot to go get yeah, him. We also traded up a yeah. ton Nick's of got some opinions on that. So yeah, yeah, but we didn't trade all those picks for an unproven guy out of UTSA or That's an true. unproven That's guy true. out of University true. of Houston. We like Olave more than Davenport. But I mean, I think the whole country liked Olave more than Davenport. To I mean, give up that much capital. Marquee team. You gave up, what did it equate to? How many picks did we give up? for a lot of five picks total to move up and get him. I think Loomis probably thought he was a little bit closer to, you know, competing at a much higher level than we were last year due to the quarterback situation. And I think we overpaid to go get Olave. But now that we have Olave, you have to be excited about that and just move on and accept that we've got a guy who can make a difference who we hope even takes a leap this year over last year. You know, we had some injury and a couple, you know, rough ball security plays last year that, that hurt us. But overall, he was amazing, especially early in the season. And you hope that translates and gets a little bit better with a guy who continues to improve because he's obviously got a skill set that's going to work 
in our offense. And yeah, I think the Olave piece becomes a lot more valuable when you're talking about Olave as your two or your slot guy, and then you have your true one with Michael Thomas. You know, yeah, hopefully Olave, Michael Thomas can bounce back. Right. The Olave piece comes a whole different variable if you're saying he's your best guy. So that's a good question on where the Saints are now. Uh, Thomas has been out three straight years, mm-hmm. essentially, or a non-factor for three straight years. Looked incredible for his five games last year. Four touchdowns. I think he played five. Was it four or five? But four touchdowns early in the season. Looked like the guy that was going to change the offense, make those tough catches. And if he was to go down, how do we look right now, receiver-wise? Who's our who's our go-to big short body route, guy, big body, fights catches. for the contested catches, wins those. Alave's a route-running genius, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to get open. He's going to do those, you know, deep crossers. Get deep. He can he can do everything. Get separation all over the field. But who makes that third and three catch on that slant that Thomas could do better than anyone in the league a few years ago? Yeah, I think the hope with that is they signed Brian Edwards today, formerly of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders and the Atlanta Falcons last year. A quick little stint. And, you know, he's he's a big-bodied guy, and he looked but really good. But is he good. that type of player? Or is he more of a intermediate well, no, he's a contested catch player. guy. Well, it begs the question, are we in need of signing yet another big body? You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind us drafting another receiver. A big-bodied guy, a younger guy, you know, hopefully you can or tight uh, develop end. him. So, I think well, we do need you know, another receiver. You know the tight end that I want. Who's yeah. that? Yeah, Big O. Uh, oh, man, I'm with you. Actually, this is we're going to be in agreement on this yeah, one. That's, that's across <laughs> the board. That's who we need to draft. This is a Darnell... Washington Agent Zero. I mean, when I saw some Fantastic. of those mocks have taking having us take the Myers kid out of Notre Dame, I'm I'm thinking oh, Mayer's like, a beast, man. I take him in a second. But he won't make like it there, so we're we should be good there. It looks we like he's moving in slow motion compared to Darnell. I don't know. Look, Darnell Darnell's a monster and I would would love to have him on the team. Darnell can be a plus blocker too. Sorry. Yeah. So here's the thing. We're we've shifted this from Derek Carr to weapon surrounding car, and I think it's <laughs> relevant because we've got a you can't talk about Carr unless you're talking about what he's got to work with. Okay. I got so, something to say on that. We, we've seen a lot of national media guys come in and say that the Saints refuse to reset the scales and rebuild. Uh, I have a problem with that because the core of the Saints, if you look at the core players, most of them are in their prime. When you're talking, you know, Lattimore, um, Werner, Ramchek, the offensive line, McCoy, Ruiz, Alante Taylor, Adebo. You've got all these mid-20s guys. You have a roster that's set up to win now. Our problem was we didn't have a quarterback that could win now. And that's why the car signing makes all the sense in the world. You have to go for it right now. And Carr, in my opinion, was the best option available to the Saints, and we went out and got him. So you have to feel positive about that. This tanking to try and get a rookie that you know nothing about, it makes no sense with a roster this good. You, we have 10 people on the roster that have made a Pro Bowl in the last three years. It makes no sense to blow it up. You need to try and get them in position and let these guys go win games. The defense the last half of the year nobody's talking about was a top five defense in the league, yeah. hands down. Yeah. Once the injuries you know, kind of subsided, we got most of our people back, the defense started to dominate again. That defense is still intact. The only question marks are when will Cam and Demario start showing their age? They haven't yet. Maybe Cam a little bit, but he had a great year last year. Demario had an All Pro year once again, second team All Pro. Yeah. How you know we don't just bail on that? And the rest of the roster of our best players is under thirty years old, almost across the board. You mentioned yeah, something it, funny that made me think about when Breeze was in his prime. You go back to eleven. It was almost like 
there was no semblance of rebuilding because we were so good. But everybody was always waiting for the defense to catch up to the offense. It seems like the tables have completely reversed to where, you know, looking at the way the offense functioned last year and the way the defense functioned in comparison, it's like you just said, Nick, it's like, we've got this defense. When are we going to have an offense that complements the defense? And so the question going back to the car signing is not so much that is Derek Carr, we all know Derek Carr is better than Andy Dalton. <laughs> Sorry, Derek Andy, Carr today is the, the second best quarterback in Saints history. And I heard yeah. that that was mentioned on front of the pod, Saints Twitter podcast, that Max had said, Max posed the question to them. Derek Carr immediately becomes the second best Saints quarterback in Saints history. So 100%. knowing that, it's not so much the quality, but is the the margin, the difference between what we had with Dalton and or Jameis last year. Jameis healthy, big, you know, big asterisk there. Is it big enough of a difference? Well, here's the thing. With Jameis and with Dalton, you're not going to be able to count on them in a two-minute drill to win a game when you're down by four. I'm also going to say this. From a coaching standpoint, you're not going to call a game the same way with Andy Dalton as your quarterback Correct. at 34 years old. I think that's how old he is. Versus Derek Carr. That game is going to be called completely different. You will have a much more aggressive game plan with someone with the skill set of Carr versus Dalton. That's just reality. A coach can't afford to let the big mistake lose a game. We're leaning on our defense more. Now maybe you can be more aggressive with Derek and, and go for things early, try and get the lead early, not be as defensive-minded in the way you call the offensive game plan. Yeah, and here's one thing, man. I've been listening to people on Saints Twitter, other social media sites and all of that, you know, acting like we're too good for Derek Carr. Like, if you have watched Derek Carr throw a football, like, the guy can sling it as good as, as well as anyone in, in the, you know, top five or six quarterbacks in this league. The dude has a cannon. Yeah, it's that like how many games threw, last year would you have said, like, when we were trailing or just getting killed, Hey, if Derek Carr came in and filled in for Andy Dalton right now, would you take it? <laughs> well, look at the number of four-quarter comebacks Carr has in his career. Yeah. You know, if I'm not mistaken, he's in the, he, I think he's the leader since uh, 2014. Yeah. Which is pretty damn impressive. And in terms of active players, now that Brady's retired, he's got to be up there. Yeah. You know, and, and you watch Andy Dalton, and, and look, he did better than any of us thought he would last year. He way outperformed what he was here for. No way question about it. No negative things to say about him, but... He's a four-straight-year NFL backup now. Yeah. That's his role in the NFL now. We put him into a starting role, and he overperformed. He did a great job for us. Look, I, I keep saying it. I know we've we've bagged on Dennis Allen, and, and you know a lot of the Saints fans were really down on that. We were in every game this year. We had a chance to win every game except Baltimore, in my opinion. Baltimore came That's in and just destroyed That's the one game where they kicked the shit out of us. Other than that, man. those other 16 games in the fourth quarter, the Saints had a chance to win them all, and they blew games in mind-boggling fashion that were player mistakes. You know, a, a microcosm of the season is the Mark Ingram play. <laughs> Mark Ingram is a dog. He has been a badass Saints player his, his whole career. When he was in Baltimore, tough as nails, never – does Mark Ingram run out of bounds? Yeah, he's got the in dog that situation. The that they always show. Yeah, you know, hundred no percent. That thing doesn't come out. That's what made him be able to play the thirteen years, 12, 13 years that he was able to play is because he never took a playoff, and he was injured. We all know it, and that's a real tough situation. I guarantee you, he wishes that never would have happened, and that's just kind of the. I think a lot of it comes down to luck and you know misfortune for the Saints this past year. Injuries obviously were out of control. 
But we competed in, in every single game except one. They were all there with a couple plays, one direction to be won. Yep. And that was with a backup quarterback. Now you have a bona fide top 15 NFL quarterback here. If you don't think that makes a two to three win difference, you know, I'd, I just disagree completely. So, I, don't, I don't like Dennis Allen as a head coach, but I will say he has no excuses going into this season. Yeah, absolutely not. You know, I get why they gave him a second year. I don't necessarily like it. But you have to give him a second year. You have to. Who else yeah, are you going and, with? And that's a fair point. But and that you can't said, judge any coach ever on an injury-plagued year like we just had. It wouldn't be fair to anyone. And I'm not saying Dennis Allen's a great coach. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the jury's still out. And this year is Dennis Allen's chance to prove if he's a good coach or if he's not. Well, here's the deal. He's gonna. It's going to be on him this year because he got rid of a couple of good defensive coaches. And he has his quarterback now. Did he get rid of him? Well, they left. Or were they They hired? Uh, They were. Let's. I mean, he didn't. He didn't want him there. You don't think you wanted Nielsen there? I mean, there were some quote unquote differences in philosophy. You can read between the lines on that. Either way. Either way, they're not here. This is his team now, through and through, coaches and players. I think the one thing you can take about him in a positive, you know, outlook from last year, he's a defensive coach. And when we had the majority of our defensive starters on the field, we were a top five defense. That's why they hired him. Now, hopefully the offense can catch up. Now they have a quarterback that allows them to catch up. And we have to see what happens. Look, I will say this. As a positive for for DA, players took pay cuts to stay with the team this year. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. Look, he was like a college recruiter out there this year. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, look, we all thought Michael Thomas was gone. The second that yeah. contract was renegotiated, yeah. we thought that was the end of the Michael Thomas era. Yeah, some people were giving shit to the respective journalists that said this restructure represents the fact that he's 90% out the door. I don't blame well, I think, any Saints journalist for saying that because in like any it. other year of the Saints, I, any I would other have year of any year. I would also say that but he it feels back. like that yeah. deal was structured in a way to let Mike go look around if we didn't get him a quarterback. Right. Correct. Okay. So sure. it was an option. This is all option. speculation, of course. None of us know any of this, but it seems like, hey, we're going to go find a solution. We're going to put this contract where either you're going to make a ton of money. Well, right? he was never going to see the money on that. Or contract. you'll be cut and get to pick where you want right. to go. We're going to we're going to let you pick where you go. We're not going to trade you for a pick. We're going to you did right. great for us. We're going to let you go pick your spot. Or if we solve it, we want you to stay. The and thing, we're going to give you a little bit of the power to decide that because yeah. you will have to restructure if we go get this quarterback. And he did, and he wanted to stay. I think that says a lot. No, it absolutely does. And look, Andrews Pete flat out took a pay cut. Well, Jameis took a pay cut. Now, maybe the opportunities, his agent put you know feelers out there and realized there wasn't going to be a starting quarterback opportunity for him next season. Well, also the dead money thing with Jameis was... Why? But he didn't have to do that, is my point. No, he, he could have taken the free agency 100%. route. 100%. And we would have been, you know, we would have taken a bigger hit. Yeah. I'm kind of glad Pete took a pay cut, to be honest. I think it's a deserved pay cut. It's a uh, well-deserved pay cut. <laughs> I will tell you this, though. I think, if, I think Jameis is, is kind of an outlier in terms of, of the decision model of most NFL quarterbacks. You know, Pete he, takes a lot of hits, too. But if we're going to run the player. ball, Pete needs to be in the lineup. Because yeah. Pete is is a difference maker in our run game. Look, when there's sure. a screen pass and yeah. Pete is out there in the open, Pete's he is the most athletic mall. dude on the on the line, dude. Yeah. But there's and, no one who looks worse getting owned on well, a pass except, down than 
Well, he I mean, when there's middle pressure, when there's middle Not pressure, his good lord. <laughs> um, but no, I think going going back to the car thing, the day that it was announced that he signed with the Saints, I think the thing that actually made me happier than seeing that he was actually our quarterback was Mike Thomas's tweet in reply of "Thank you, Jesus," with the praise hands, because for a guy who's usually so cryptic on Twitter, I think that one message by MT was so just straight to the point. It was obvious what it related to. And it showed you that, hey, your one, your real one is on board with this signing. And contract structure, as it may be, you knew at that point that guy wants to be back. Yeah, and look, everything they've done this offseason, and you know, we'll talk about it as we get into it, the other free agency signings. Man, it's been an incredible offseason. You know, it's been a lot of positivity relative to this time last year when I don't think the Saints had signed a, a single person yeah. at this point. You know, it was a very uh, slow start to the free agency period last year. You know, we're all sitting around debating on Twitter and debating in person mm-hmm. like, what the Marcus fuck are they May. doing? You know, but then the they, they finally got rolling. Yeah. And, you know, they went for the whole chase with uh, Watson and that, that didn't work out probably but for the best. But then they went May and Matthew. Yeah, but that was post-draft, which... Yeah. There's two things that have been... a pretty good constant of Saints free agency over the past three, four, maybe even five years. One of them is the cap alarmists that the Saints are a hundred million under the cap or a billion under the cap. Oh my God. They're going to have cap over, over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, They're going to have to release everybody. They're going to have to tank. They're going to have to, that's one constant. The other constant is the little uh, meme of like the stick figure poking something saying like do something <laughs> you know like sign somebody that's usually been a constant of every saints this year you had one of the equation you had you definitely had the saints or well the one know, position they had to go over the cap, they went but you got. didn't have the stick figure this year there was no yeah. stick figure it was i mean well that's because they signed car because well, you address they've also been it? doing things the whole offseason yeah. but no but they were patient too yeah like the car was the was the thing that had to happen for uh for saints yeah. fans to like we, we knew the biggest issue was finding someone who could win games at quarterback, period. They did that. Everyone was happy. Anything after that was Lanyap. Then we got a little panic when we lost Anyamata and Caden, and people were like, what are we doing on defense? Are we, we have no defensive line. There's not a tackle on the roster. And then they addressed that in day two and three yeah. and, and got rotational players that can go in there and play. And I think you've got to like what they did. Yeah, and look, if we're being honest, Colin Saunders and uh, the other one, those guys are as good as Tuttle and Anyamata were and last shout year. Shout out to his Twitter. It's Colin. Yeah, they weren't as good as Prime yeah, Anyamata. Colin Saunders, yeah. <laughs> not as good as Prime Anyamata, but last year for we, sure. We haven't seen Prime Anyamata in about three seasons. Not two years. But what does Prime Anyamata fit really in the lexicon of NFL starting defense? Uh, there was a reason he we were the best run defensive. Good, right? Oh, he was a really good starter. We were the best run. I mean, one of best the best run, run defense, defense for, over a five-year yeah. span. For that was Anyamata and Cam. Yeah, yeah. Anyamata was a monster, man. Now the problem is he so has he was not good. been a monster in the last two years. Yeah. Right now, suspension. Did you say Anya Monster? He was Anya Monster. He was Anya Monster. <laughs> what, 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 what would he be now? Did oh, you man. not like him? Do you think he was overrated? No, I, I always liked Anyamata. I mean, I, I always thought he was. Over, he never I'd made always, an. He never made an abundance of money either. I liked him because us. I always thought he was overachieving. Now, just, did I ever think he was like plug and play? He was even a, in his prime. If, he if, was if a top twenty the, defensive tackle in the league. He's a top ten run best. tackle in the league yeah. for sure. Right. No, I, I, look, I thought he was indispensable for us for a while. 
I think this year he became dispensable. How long did we go without a 100-yard rusher with Anya It was Mata a while. A long time. It was a while. There was three other dudes on the defensive line, though. Yeah. But, yeah, for sure. But that was his skill set. Yeah. So, we talked about Carr. Outside of Carr, you know, and I think we talked about this, like, the, the position we're in, I don't think we're in pre-draft right now. I think we're in that window that's post-free agency to the draft. Well, you're still in free up, agency. There's still players out there. Yeah, we're in wave two and three it, at the Yeah, time. I mean, but the thing is, like, it's pretty clear Mickey has, you know, had his full meal at Ralph's on the park or at Brennan's or wherever he wants to take the next free agent. You know, he's back home taking his post-meal nap. Like, he's not going to be making moves, at least anything drastic like Jamal unless, Derek Carr unless for a while. inexpensive deals pop. So, the point is, where do we sit now? Um, and besides Carr, what y'all signing or most impactful signing already well, signing or where we're looking besides besides car given where we are what's your, I'll, what's I'll tell your... you this what i would like to see them do between now and the draft is get me an edge rusher per pass rusher no question yeah, get and a pass rusher there's there's a few good ones floating around if and, you can you know, get, get them on a veteran deal like three million bucks you know when when the market dries up any kind of veteran pass rusher is a great move to push peyton turner no question about it. Yeah, because I still don't trust Peyton Turner. I, saw I the, mean, nobody can at this point. I've seen Frank Clark thrown out there. I've seen Leonard Floyd thrown out there. Um, DeForest Buckner. Now he shot. He, be a he shot. He shot back on Twitter saying he's staying. <laughs> I think he replied to an NFL Rumors account saying, <laughs> "You know, check your sources." I can but, just say if you, you can know, get him and fit him under your cap, you, any team takes that guy. Yeah, he's a difference maker. That's what we're looking for. I think we're we're in agreement on that. You know, we definitely need an edge rusher because right now you got Cam, and Cam's one of my favorite players ever. All right, so let's rephrase that. What what price would you pay for a one year? I'll be honest with you. We we have what like fifteen million in cap space right now. I don't give a shit how much you pay to get somebody. Also, price is so hard to define with Loomis right now because well, the cap is it price this year? Is it his dead money in three years? As as opposed to what Nick Wright would try to tell you. We're not in cap hell. But real quick, the memes on him were just winners, all winners. I don't care what meme you did on Nick Wright. They all won. It's, it's kind of ridiculous that these guys <laughs> get paid to cover the National Football League, and they still do not understand how the cap works. Yeah. it's I, My problem with, with, with the cap alarmists, or there's cap truthers, there are well, they're uninformed. cap That's my problem. guilt artists. The, the, one of the common threads I see, maybe it's only me, is that they start trying, they try to use the cap and cap discipline against you as a person. You know, when you're making an argument that Loomis doesn't have to worry about the cap, Loomis figures out the cap every year. They start saying, well, what would you do if it was your bank account <laughs> and the bank was coming after you? Are you just going to go spending more money that you don't have? I was like, that's not an apple for apple equation. That's apples to oranges. You know, people get righteous about cap as if it's, well, you here's know, the thing. It's not our money. It's not. So when we sit around a bar and somebody's like, oh, that's too much money. Who gives a shit? It's NFL Like if we cap. get a good player no, and Gail Benson's You don't want to spend too much checks. money for the value you get. That's the yeah. only amount of money I that matters. I think it was Underhill that tweeted this and, and someone got on him because he brought up COVID. And someone said, oh, sure, COVID was the reason for the Saints cap issues. Well, it really is. I don't is. think he was all wrong for that. You know, He's because, not wrong. We've, we've, we've had this discussion many yeah. a time. And the reality is the way the Saints structure their cap payouts, and shout out to Kai Harley for this because Loomis gets too much credit. Kai True. Harley's the you man. you got to respect the Kai. He is the man. 
Yeah. Now, the way the Saints do it is they know the cap is going to rise every year. Exactly. So they build it in when they're uh, cutting these second, essentially second bonus checks. Yeah, part of the model. And then adding on the void years to the end of the deal. It's basically a foregone conclusion. Whenever you sign a big contract, you're going to get a bonus the second season. Yeah. And you're going to get a void year or two tacked on. One of the biggest criticisms we always get is dead money. I would like to actually see, I don't know if anybody's ever done it, but a comparison of the amount an NFL salary cap increases from, say, 2022 to 2023 the increase in the cap compared to whatever dead money we're carrying. I'd be really curious to see where our dead money compares to the cap increase every year. Cause you know that Kai or Mickey has to. Yeah. But I mean, again, in. it doesn't matter if you're winning. The saints were no, one I'm of saying, the top teams in the league. I mean, like dead money doesn't matter if you're trying to chase, but they could be factoring yeah. winning right now. The dead it, money it matters if you're if trying you know to build up. That's what I'm saying. Well, the, okay, so Which COVID, Underhill is spot on. Like, COVID yeah. literally was the only thing that could wreck the and, Saints' plans. And the cap decreased, right, because of COVID? Well, it stayed flat. Flat. Right. Which is, well, it was flat for two years. I think it decreased the first year and then stayed flat the second year. But either way, it was, it was essentially a complete flat. wrench into Loomis's model. Right. Right. So, so, yeah, I don't think he's off. Of but that. the reality is, like, I mean, he's not off. He's spot on. Like, yeah. that's exactly the only thing that could have possibly slowed down the Saints' plans. But that's also the that? risk in counting on the raises it's it's part of the equation i guarantee loomis keeps that in mind that okay let's say revenue's down this year for the nfl blah 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 blah. he's he puts a risk factor on making those bets and he's making those bets covid obviously you could never predict right and to that level there's no way he could have seen but to your point he's also counting on it jumping up bigger amounts in years where there's a new TV contract being negotiated. Of course, so yeah, 100%. But yeah, yeah, COVID, obviously nobody could have expected that, and that was the uh, the big monkey wrench that went into the plans. But other than that, like the Saints have a well-thought-out plan, and people don't have to agree with it. You know, it, it's kind of like they take these loans out to pay for other loans, and they just keep going it, but they're never having to pay off that first loan. Yeah, that's the thing. I think people, some people have a hard time separating their own you know, day-to-day, it might sound rudimentary and ridiculous, but their day-to-day fiscal responsibility with what NFL teams are doing with the salary cap. Yeah, you look. Know, it, it seems if you, if you handled your own checkbook personally or your own, if you own a company, if you handled your own company the way the, the Saints are, you know, on a macro level handling their own salary cap issues, then, yeah, of course, that would that would reflect some problems, but it's not that. It's the NFL salary cap. It's it is it is its own system. It has its own rules. You have guys like Kai Harley, like you just mentioned, who have mastered these rules. Uh, they work with a guy like Loomis, who has years of experience. And so, you know, to the common observer who doesn't know anything about the salary cap, at least anything compared to a guy like Kai Harley, yeah, of course it might seem like checkbook fiscally responsible, but it's the NFL salary cap. You do what's best position your team to a competitive advantage and i think that's what we're doing yeah and i don't think anyone's saying use the saints i guess approach to the salary cap as you would you know balance your own personal check i think some people are i think people get that's why they get so heated about it they they feel like like loomis is you know just flipping he's like the guy that's flipping a house but 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 screwing people over to do it like I mean, look, well, look at, I mean, uh, Nick Wright called it a Ponzi scheme. 
Well, here's yeah, the deal. Is it, is, it, is it compliant with the rules that the NFL has well, that's laid what I'm out? Saying. He is with the NFL rules. Correct. People, so who, who gives a shit what Nick Wright says? don't want to take the time to look into, oh, what are the NFL rules? If what you didn't have, have the talent that the Saints so they, currently they, have they on the roster, this would be a bad yeah. business plan. Right. Because, yeah. But since they have the talent they have on the roster, when you hit on that 17 draft, you've hit on other picks since then. You've kind of got a, you know, Alante obviously last year was Pete a huge Werner the year before. Pete Werner in mm-hmm. the second round, um, even a Debo potentially, you know, a rougher year this year, but potential is there. Eric McCoy, when McCoy, um, Ruiz made a big step forward last year. See where all these things pan out. When you're hitting on that and you have young talent all around you, it makes sense to build a roster that can try to compete for a Super Bowl. That's what he's done over the last year. Now, we can argue whether he's correct about that or not, that the roster is good enough to do that. That's what he's currently doing. Yep. You, you don't go get Carr if you're not doing that. You don't sign Jamal Williams. You don't you know, bring Thomas back if you don't think that if things fail your way, that you have a chance to win the Super Bowl. And the one thing I think that people have to realize is Vegas just came out mm-hmm. and has the Saints at the fourth highest win total in the NFC. Yeah. That's a contender. That puts you in the final four in your conference. If you can make it there, anything is possible. Yeah, and so, look at the rest of the division. It's trash. Yes. So the yeah. path for us the is the path we've always wanted. <laughs> we've had a very difficult division for 15 years with Breeze. You know, every team made the Super Bowl in that era. It was a it was a really, you know, highly contested division. Now it looks like the division's down. And you debatably have the best roster to go after that division now, and you definitively have the best quarterback. Why not continue to push and go after those free agents right now, dead money aside, and pursue it to win the division, get in the playoffs, have a home game, and see what happens? A couple things fall your way. Maybe you catch the top two teams in the division. You aren't, I mean, in the conference. Maybe you're not there now. You're a couple injuries away from being there in one direction or the other. Yeah, and That's they're it. also a couple injuries away from getting upset. You know what That's I mean? That's what I mean. That you're yeah. a couple injuries by them from being the best team. Right. If you're fourth now, you're an injury or two away from being a top two team in your conference, you know, theoretically. There's no reason to try and reset the scales right now. The, you go forward, you have a roster that can compete, and now you have a quarterback that has, in my opinion, without a doubt, been a top 15, top half quarterback for his entire career and has shown signs as a top five quarterback. He would have won the MVP the year they were 13-2 and two when he broke his ankle. He was a top three MVP yeah. guy that year. Uh, they went to the playoffs without him and lost. That was his best year. Uh, the year with Gruden, he completed over 70% of his passes. He's made four Pro Bowls. This is not a average quarterback. This is an above average quarterback definitively who in the right system – could potentially become a top 10 type of quarterback. And that and, is good enough to get you to advance in the playoffs. Yeah, you and to your point, you brought up how he had such a great year under Gruden. The Gruden system is it's Carmichael, Sean Payton, it's kind of an offshoot of the Gruden system. So there's a lot of similarities. So this is why I think Derek Carr is set up. He's tailor-made for success here. For if us. we can flood him with weapons, and the way they have done so far where we're signing well, he's people. Got, he's got the skill weapons. You're you're setting him up for success, and honestly, he it is not easy to complete seventy percent so, of your passes, and he did that in a season with Gruden. I think the biggest question he, is, you know, it seems like everyone's in pretty large agreement that he gives us more wins than last year, and even one more win than last year gives us in the playoffs. Yeah, 
The question is, Nick mentioned playoff advancement. I mean, the NFC's down compared to the AFC. And right now, if you're an NFC team, there's a much bigger question of making the Super Bowl versus winning the Super Bowl. Because you get, you come out of the NFC, I mean, good you, luck picking any one of yeah, the three top luck. AFC teams. 100%. You know, now any given Sunday, any given Super Bowl. Any you know, you, fan you on the, the planet game. would Edward, shout out, take like, on all the dead money in the world for but, a chance to try and beat the best team in the AFC. But do we yep. think, look, yeah, I mean, you got to give yourself a chance. That, yeah. That's all we're asking for. But do we think that the Derek Carr signing with the weapons we've added is enough to get us from... Let's just do does this. It get us we from had seven card? wins. Corey, where, where does Derek Carr take you from seven wins last year with essentially the same team with some minor... T- How many I wins? Mean, low point of two potentially four. Yeah, I so, agree. Well, here's the thing. Look at our schedule. Team. Look at our schedule this year. We've already touched on how the rest of the NFC South is down. They're in various stages of rebuilding, taking different approaches, and we're going to see how that works out over the next couple of seasons. And we're also playing the AFC South, if I'm not mistaken. Look at that division. They are not – this isn't like you're playing the AFC West. You're not yeah, playing the, the, uh, the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Raiders and all that. Yeah. You know, the Titans, they're going through a rebuild. Yeah. The Texans, they're going to be starting a rookie quarterback. Like, Colts, this isn't some Colts tough are division. in the toilet. Jacksonville, we'll Jacksonville see. Jacksonville could be – yeah, I mean – Could be a good team, but they're certainly not a great team. The Texans and Colts are in the are the category. The Texans are the Texans. The Colts are the Colts. You know, they are, they are who we thought they were. Well, neither of them are trying to win <laughs> right now. They're, they're full I mean. scale trying to rebuild. Yeah, I think at this point, you have to, when you look around at the rest of the NFC South, you have to say they're down. This is our golden opportunity, at least for this season, probably for the next season as well, to run away with a division if we play our cards right. At that point, you get to the playoffs. Division winner automatically goes to the playoffs. You hope that you get one of the top two seeds. You host a game. Yeah, you're going to host a home game. So look, like Nick said, you never know what happens in the playoffs. No, we're Some not teams named get the Cowboys, hot. so we're not guaranteed a first-round exit. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you have to go for it. You can't just you can't look at the rest of that division and say, "Ah, fuck it, we're just gonna we're gonna rebuild." No, you don't rebuild. You reload and you try to go for it. Yeah. Okay, there's quick. too many young stars on that team to reload right now. Yeah, it's just simple fact. Quick hitters, favorite non-Derek Carr free agency signing. I'll be honest with you, Mike Thomas coming back. That, that, Does that count? That, I think it counts. No, that counts I because counts. we thought he was gone. We never made him a free agent, though. Yeah, but <laughs> he I'm was always under contract. Agent. He restructured, restructured. So we'll throw a curveball so to you. Outside, Nick. outside of Mike Thomas. What did we need more? The two defensive tackles we signed or Jamal Williams? The, I'm going to say Jamal Williams. I'm going to say the two defensive tackles. Ooh. Only because I think you can get running back in the draft as a rookie that can contribute right away if you have to. It happens every year. There's many rookies that come in and do great. Uh, a defensive tackle ready to come in and be in a starter in your team and get two of them that are going to be high rotation players. I think that was more important also because that's our best side of the ball right now. You needed to fill all those losses. Obviously, what I was going to bring up next in free agency when we were talking, is it more important to get that third defensive end that I'm calling it, if you're calling Turner our second starter, or is signing another running back no, I think you get the, ne- the second running back acquisition has to come from the draft. But let's say let's say Kareem Hunt is looking for one year, two and a half million. 
If you strike out in the draft and the guy you like isn't there, then go for it. Well, look, I'm going to say this. You but cannot count Hunt on Kamara right now. But does not fit the Kamara role as far as a receiver? Jamal Williams, he can catch a little bit. He's going to be our bruiser, right? Yeah. It, we, yeah. we want him to be the new Ingram, right? Yeah. Six foot, 215. Yeah, he wants to hit people. Uh, do you go get that perfect fit if they're available for cheap right now? I fill it in the draft. No matter what, regardless of who's available and what. No, if we strike out in the draft and let's say, you know, the guy we want goes ahead of our pick every time and we just don't get the one that can fill that role, then yes, go sign someone like a Kareem So do Hunt. you draft, what type of running back do you draft? You know the one I want. I want Gibbs from uh, Alabama. That's my guy. Yeah, He's small though, isn't he? He's five nine, two hundred. Does he do? He's two hundred. And look, the guy is as good of a receiver as he is a running back. Yeah, he's a great receiver. He's yeah. That's the thing. I guess your depth guy has to have some pass catching. If you assume Kamara goes down and Jamal is your bruiser. Right. Well, here's the thing. I'm gonna say this about Kamara. You cannot count on Kamara right now. As of right now, we know he's gonna get suspended unless something drastically changes. And this is where we'll ask you, Mister uh, <laughs> Legal Expert, our resident attorney. There's a lot um, that could happen. Something he's going to get suspended, and if if I'm the Saints, well, does I'm he get suspended? Team, if inevitably the charges get dropped, does he get suspended? Well, that's the thing about the NFL. Is that's fifty that fifty. You see it all the time where the legal process plays out to where there's either no criminal liability, he's got charges dismissed, or the felony has been reduced to a misdemeanor. But because of the collective bargaining agreement, what Goodell has set in place, the NFL has the ultimate say on whether or not the actions as they see them violate the player conduct policy. I and agree with that, but with first time offenders out, have usually come off pretty well, sure. especially if charges are dropped. But yeah, but there's also video. you also look to the Ray Rice incident where video. Yeah. And video makes a difference. This incident, you know, Ray Rice didn't have any previous offenses. There was a graphic video out there. Now, the video in this case of the actual incident isn't that great. The first there's time I saw the video it, in the limo after. The video in the limo was pretty bad because you can see AK talking about what he was trying to do, which, you know, and if it's not Louisiana, but in Louisiana, you have a thing called intent that you have to prove. And that's about intent on a recording. So um, while his lawyer may be very good, I hope his lawyer's good as a, as a fan and gets the charges reduced. Um, you know, I don't trust anybody in the disciplinary office at the NFL as far as I can throw them in terms of saying they have enough to warrant a multiple game suspension. Well, here, here's one thing. There's also well, a part on. of it to you, what you happened before all this. that that's come up, and they're trying to say is there were events before that went down, and it wasn't just, you know. The thing is, Goodell's got enough to say. If, if he wants to throw he, a he six, definitely has if he wants to, wants to throw an eight-game suspension on him, he's, uh, he's got enough to say he's got. You know, if he gets, if he's guilty and, and that goes down, he's he is getting eight games, I think. I think you need to count on that. He's and that's how you have to play. Six. If AK catches a felony suspension, I mean a felony conviction, then – that suspension is going to be It's going to be heavy. bigger than six. I if think. he catches a, a misdemeanor conviction, it's going to be six at a minimum. If he gets somehow, I don't know how the DA would ever do this, but if they drop the charges completely, he's still getting a suspension. There's no way he's not. Well, just well, here's another question. This is for you, Nick. The Camaro of the last two seasons. Do you think, do you think he's still on the upswing or is he trending downward? As a running back, he's reaching that. He's going to be twenty years old. It depends how you look old. at it. I don't think he's on that that bell curve most running backs are on. I think you can't he, say he's, he's on the upswing. On. There's no. He's such absolutely thing. not on the upswing. But, but you have to look at it two ways. When he had true support in the backfield, he was a different player. Right. When he had to shoulder the load in the running game, 
He is nowhere near the player. Well, he's not a he bell cow running back. Correct. Now, theoretically, you fix that where Williams can take 200 carries and AK can go back down to his 150 and can get into the passing game more. And if they scheme it that way, I don't see why he can't get back to a similar type of player. Um, more of a, a complimentary well, he's a satellite but, back. Right. Yeah. Which is, that's his skill set. That's what he was great at. That's Absolutely. why we drafted him. So he's not going to be the guy who eats 250 carries. And he does. shouldn't be. But here's the thing. I'm not counting on him. As of right now, like, I don't even consider him on the team. I need another running back in addition to Jamal Williams. I agree with that. But if you don't have him this year, that's a bad outlook for the Saints, I would say. Oh, it's a horrible outlook. We need his skill set in the past game to come back full. Agree a thousand percent, and this is why I'm saying Jameer Gibbs. If he somehow makes it to 40, and that's highly unlikely, if he is there at 40, you run to the podium, you take him, you have your in-house Camara replacement at 21 years old. Camara comes back, you got a three-headed running back monster. And honestly... Gibbs is such a good receiver. I know at Alabama, and especially at Georgia Tech, where he was the uh, previous two years, they played him at wide receiver. Same thing they did with Kamara. Same thing they did with Kamara. He's a better receiver than Kamara. Even if, let's just say, Michael Thomas stays healthy this year, the chances of then Shahid and Olave playing a complete season together are pretty minimal. Yeah, guess what? You know what that is? That's called a good problem. If right. all of these guys so then are you healthy, you're rotating them in. Right. Like, think back to the Saints Super Bowl season. You had Devery was the deep shot guy. You had Meacham in there. He would hit some deep ones. You had Colston. Mm-hmm. You had Shockey. You had Lance Moore. You had all and of these guys you could cycle in at any given point. Hell, Mike Bell was an animal for well, most of that year. You bringing up the Saints Super Bowl season is actually... Reggie Bush, Pierre Thomas. You took the word out of my mouth because that was probably our best running back usage That was ever. incredible. You know, and so well, no, one had, no one had a thousand yards, right? But that's your model. I mean, that's, that's about your as model. Close. But two had the thousand total yards, yeah, because the screen game was out of control. Oh my God. Well, the, the greatest screen running back, Pierre ever Thomas, Pierre Thomas, is, yeah, is Pierre Thomas, and coming back through that door. But AK is pretty damn close, you know. And if you get him back at full strength, even in AK is a week, AK is a better player. It's a different. He's not a, a screen guy. He's not a screen. He's guy. a wheel route. He's he's the guy who gets in the space. Better. But I think Pierre the, was that great. the one. Pierre had the way to read. And maybe some people, it's sung, but the one piece that really kept everybody honest was the Mike Bell piece. Because when I think about the running back usage of that year, it's the Mike Bell running back usage to me because he kept everything honest and. It wasn't every but single game. But it was game. also mostly fourth quarter. And it, it was, was also, also like, mostly fourth quarter. Nobody wanted to tackle him in the fourth quarter. But if you can get Jamal quarter. Williams to a Mike Bell level, if not better, then that opens up everybody else that comes in when it's not Jamal Williams. So how about this? So second round, you say Gibbs is there. Give me Washington in the first, Gibbs in the second. But but what if we don't address defensive line any further in free agency? Well, this is why I was saying I need another defensive lineman now to where we're not forced to right. take one in the first or second round. And, and that's kind of what I was getting at with running back. If the best opportunity comes to sign a running back that would fill that need and it allows you to go into the draft to address the other two needs, find the best values out there. If it happens to be running back, fine. If it happens to be edge rusher, which there's a lot of them out there still, because Clowney's out there. You've got Ngakwe's out there. Um, yeah. uh, Frank Clark. Um, well, we need to get younger at running back. I think back. you stay away from That's This is the biggest thing. We need Clowney. to get younger at running back. We have We're two of them that are going to be 28. Guy. But Clowney yeah, but can get, also play get tackle. Get a younger guy with juice, man. We don't have a single guy. No, I'm not guy. talking about running back. I'm talking about defensive line. 
If you sign Clowney, you have another rotational oh, guy yeah. in the in the edge and tackle. I think signing Clowney. Oh, is I would a, love to sign Clowney. Would I, love it. I but my that, point is, I don't want I don't pick. want three running backs making three to four million dollars a year, and they're all twenty eight years old. Give me a young guy with some with some juice. I need an ETN. But we're talking about we're talking about bird in hand, right? Like available now, you can address that need for cheap. You don't have to wait to see if that guy makes it to forty. Do you jump on it? Yeah, but you even said it. You can get a running back, whether you don't want to get one in the first. For the but most you were part. very you specific. Second, third. No, my preference is Gibbs. But there are plenty of running backs that fit the uh, the bill as far as what we need. We need somebody with some juice. Spears. <laughs> I, look, I love Spears. We don't have a single running back that scares you. And I'm, I'm counting Kamara. Like Kamara, A, Kamara was never fast. No, he's got he the still initial. Scares because of the way he can evade tackle. How many yeah. long runs does he have? I that's need a guy that's thing. gonna that's just gonna thing. break past the line. He breaks and go. you down in the pass game. He he opens people up. He does, but we need someone who is just gonna take it and score. The threat to take it to the house every time. We need somebody like that. We don't have it. That opens up the passing game. Yeah, just a burner. We need a burner. Like give me like ETN. How many long runs did and you guys know how much I love ETN? <laughs> yeah, the guy that makes the safety say, Oh shit, when there's a little bit of daylight. That right there. That's it exactly. Yeah. The guy that makes you say, Oh shit, when he sees him turning that corner and he's gone. We don't have that. Yeah. Our running backs look like they're wearing, they run like they're wearing concrete Nikes. <laughs> well, we haven't had any other than AK for the last couple of years. It's look, man, I don't, I don't want Eno Benjamin as the, uh, no. the third running back. No. Give me somebody. Uh, with he some... kicked our ass last year. <laughs> anyone who has he score twice, anyone he scored who twice has against worn us. a Carolina Panthers jersey and lined up in the backfield has kicked our ass at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I, give me give me somebody with some juice. I need somebody with some with, with afterburners who's going to break a long run. Yep. I don't care if he gets just eight carries a game. Just give me someone who's a threat to break it. Yeah. Well, here's we the got thing. two. We got two speed demons at wide receiver. Rashid we did. Shaheen right. I think Chris that's Olave. where you look for it. I mean, like the Super Bowl teams, we didn't have game breakers. Even though Reggie was fast, Reggie? he wasn't busting long runs. No, no, well, but the threat but, was there. I think yeah. Reggie's in a well, different category because the threat, like Max, the threat said, was I mean, there. You know, in the playoffs, you mean he had the uh, he was the fifty-yard run against the Cardinals where he got corralled and then just took off. Reggie was the ultimate black hole in any other team's game plan opposition. Yeah. Remember but that the was against but, the Bears. You couldn't. But that was the pass him. game. That's what I'm saying. He opened him up with the pass game for I mean, sure. He, Anything Reggie did was just a. But see, that's you know. Gibbs to me. Gibbs can do that. Yeah. Like he's he's he ran a four three two, I think, at the combine. If you ever watch him play, you know he's fast as shit. Sure. And he looks kind of like AK, which is cool. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> two guys in the backfield with the long arm tape. Bring just it on, unleash man. Unleash plus. So yeah, I think we've established a lot of what's going on in free agency, and then look, there's a lot of time between now and the draft. I mean, you know, like we said, it's three twenty eight. First day of the draft is the what? It's a four twenty eight. 27, I think. 27? Yeah. So, you know, roughly a month away. A lot can change between now and then. So, I think that's going to wrap it up for what we've been talking about today. I mean, going forward, any any thoughts on what to expect on the pod? The unexpected. Expect the unexpected. No structure. We're just Nothing but go. saints. Yeah. Give yeah. us the mic. Turn us loose. There you go. That's going to do it for this week. See you next week. Boom. Boom.